Um, but it's been a lot lately. And it's been, um, I, th- I think I'm not alone among my classmates and sort of struggling through um, right now, really very heavy workload, right? It's, it's, the, it's the actual classes in Oxford. Everyone has a dream. And some people's dreams take them to extraordinary places. David Simon is one of those people. Tune in every quarter to learn how a 50-something lawyer from the U.S. navigates the ancient world of Oxford College in pursuit of an MBA. Well, David, we're back for another episode. You're about nine months into your program now. <clears throat> how would you assess the status of how it's going? Hi, Tommy. Good to talk to you again. So, yeah, you know, it's it's actually, you know, sort of in the... In the story arc, this is like the the, the 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 like crisis moment in some ways. I think um, it's been it's been and it continues to be awesome. And I and I I love almost everything about the program. Um, but it's been a lot lately, and it's been um, I, th- I think I'm not alone among my classmates and sort of struggling through um, right now. Really very heavy workload, right? It's, it's the, it's the actual classes in Oxford. It's the, you know, the week in advance that you're prepping for the class in Oxford. It's the, now we're getting into more assessments, exams, papers, things we have to do to, you know, show we actually did our work. Um, And then there's also like all this other, you know, kind of awesome, but time consuming, Oxford stuff that's made available to us. It's, um, I think we talked about this at the front end, you know, one of my, one of the reasons I chose this program is because they really integrated the EMBAs into the whole university and gave us access to, you know, much more than other programs I looked at. Um, so there's always cool stuff to do and it's really hard to sort of say no to a lot of it. I like, for instance, I did a, um, I did a uh, a program, you know, they had Alex Gorski from Johnson & Johnson spoke. There was a, um, a program on, you know, the space industry that was fascinating. I mean, there's just stuff like that all the time um, that I really want to take advantage of, but then it takes, you know, it takes more time. I, um, you know, being, you'll probably appreciate this, being sort of a lawyer at, at, at heart, I have been tracking my time on the program. <laughs> And I, I was a little surprised to see, you know, I, I think I'm on a pace of about a thousand hours for the year for this, which is kind of more than I bargained for and um, and and more than I expected it would be when I was sort of, you know, doing the math at the front end. Um, now, I don't know, that could change, but it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, he- it's a pretty heavy lift right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also sort of struggling with this idea of, you know, what was this like some huge unforced error, right? Like I had a job and it was a pretty good job. And now, um, you know, I'm, my practice is, is suffering because of, you know, just the attention I can give to everything. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of neglecting, uh, you know, and, and sort of performing badly in almost every aspect of my life because I'm getting spread maybe too thin and, and trying to do too many things. So, I, it, you know, it's been, it's been a, it's been a, a little bit of a, 
a tough time and I'm trying to work through it. I'm trying to trying to really focus on, you know, my the, the reasons that I did this in the first place. I mean, we, we spent the whole first podcast on this, but I keep coming back to those like two main goals, which are, you know, one is kind of the global network and building my global network. Um, and the other is sort of filling in, you know, filling in these gaps in my knowledge and expertise to try to be a better strategic advisor. And, and, and clearly those two things are, 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 are still my goals. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm making pretty good progress on both. Um, so yeah, it's, um, Sorry to sorry to like unburden myself on, on you and the audience, but it's been it's been tough. But I'm 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 trying to keep my eye on on the big picture and just slog through this. And I know it's going to get better. Um, it just got to get got to get through it. David, one of the themes really throughout the series of podcasts uh, and your experience seems to be your classmates. And the robust nature of the intellectual debates, discussions you guys have, um, their backgrounds, how you've worked uh, together. And so I was wondering, um, are you finding any collaboration opportunities either in the academic vein or outside? Yeah. um, uh, uh, Yes, is the short answer. And and it's been um, it's been a highlight. Right. I mean, and I, I I I keep returning to this theme on every podcast, right, is that um, my my classmates are exactly what I hoped they would be. Um, it's just an impressive, you know, energetic, creative, talented group of people that just kind of continue to amaze me. Um, and it's been it's been cool because now as we're, you know, as we're developing these relationships and we've spent time together and, you know, gotten to know each other socially and, and professionally and, and really kind of um, building deeper relationships. There are a bunch of, you know, sort of collaboration opportunities that are presenting themselves. A couple couple things may be worth noting. Um, I'm working with one of my classmates on a proposal for a grant to do um, some anti-corruption, kind of anti-kleptocracy kind of work um, in, in Africa. And I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, I think it's—he's a real—he's a rule of law kind of academic NGO um, uh, person who's got a lot of experience doing, you know, in Africa doing um, doing work to to promote rule of law and good governance and and things like that. And um, he and I have been sort of started talking about this and thought there was some synergy with my practice, my anti-corruption practice, my experience you know, on the compliance side and on the enforcement side. So we're, we're working together on this. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I hope, we, I hope we get the grant. I hope we get an opportunity to do it. And, you know, our, our, our goal is going to be to try to be, um, you know, sort of promote transparency, to try to promote ways that um, NGOs and civil society organizations and the public at large can help, um, you know, help bring attention to corrupt actors um, and, and, and assist in enforcement of, you know, of, of both, you know, kind of anti-corruption laws, but also money laundering laws and, and anti-kleptocracy, you know, regime. So that's something I'm pretty excited about. I, I think is an area that I'm really, you know, I've, I've been thinking about a lot. I think there's some interesting, some interesting stuff happening. The, Ru- the Russia um, uh, sanctions and the sort of extra sanction um work that's sort of happening 
almost like on a crowdsourced basis where people are bringing attention to some of these oligarchs and their spending. And I, you probably saw this, you know, there's this Twitter account that tracks, you know, oligarch yachts and where, where they are and oligarch jets. And I, I think there's something to that. And, and um, you know, there are ways that, you know, transparency and sunshine can really make an impact on, um, you know, anti-corruption efforts and something I feel strongly about and I'm excited to be working on. So that was one you know, kind of cool, um, kind of cool collaboration project. And there've been a couple others um, as well that that I've been working on. I mean, I've got a classmate um, uh, and I have a sort of common interest in technology, particularly AI technology and how that might apply in the legal industry. So we've been kicking around some kind of legal tech um uh, ideas that you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know where it's all going, but we're we're talking about it. That's fun. Um, we also have one of the cool aspects of Oxford is we have this entrepreneurship project is one of our one of our big um, requirements for the program, and so we've got a small group together working on on that. And I, I we're early stages on that stuff, but it's 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 great collaboration with really talented people, and I, I probably have more to talk about as we. Uh, as we formulate those ideas uh, down the road. So yeah, I mean, long way of saying lots of, lots of, you know, really pretty interesting collaboration, um, you know, developing these, these friendships and these relationships has been really enriching and um, satisfying. Well, what about the academic uh, work you're doing? Uh, anything, uh, or I guess maybe tell us about, what you've been learning on the substance substantive yeah. stuff. So that's, I guess, the other side of things, right, is the, is the filling the gaps. And I think when we talked last, um, we, we sort of left off at my governance and ethics course, which I loved. And um, we, we talked about at length some of the stuff I learned there. Um, the next thing in our sequence was this, um, this course called Global Rules of the Game, which was really great. Um, you would have, you would have, I think, really enjoyed it, Tom. And it, it talked about some of the themes were, you know, kind of globalization and what's the role of globalization in the world. You know, industrial policy. What's the role for industrial policy? We we spent a ton of time talking about non-market risks and how that affects, you know, your business model, business strategy. You know, things like, you know, obviously war, pandemics. Um, you know, other other disruptions that have, you know, sort of nothing to do with, you know, the 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 business, you know, model or strategy, but really impact it. You can you can have almost everything right. And if you don't take into account some of these, you know, geopolitical risks, some of the um, um, environmental risks, you know, those sorts of things um really important to being successful with, with any sort of, um, enterprise. And so it was really, it was, it was a really interesting course. We, we delved deeply into that stuff. We looked at, um, you know, we looked at, uh, you know, kind of different models for, you know, doing business in outside of your home country and the, and the international, um, you know, the international business and how, um, you know, how to, fit a model with your business into a particular country and, and, and ways of thinking about that, that were fascinating. I, I think maybe the most uh, sort of interesting thing about that class was we were, 
we were literally four days in to the five-day course when Russia invaded Ukraine. And, um, you know, you talk about a non-market risk that has, you know, impact on business. I mean, it was, we were sort of living it in real time. I had Russian classmates who were dealing with, you know, massive disruptions to their business, you know, their businesses and their their lives, their personal lives. Um, And it was really just fascinating to see and really brought home the importance of some of these themes. Um, It was really cool. Um, so that was a great, that was a great class. It's actually one of the areas that sort of has prompted, um, uh, you know, some, some work in my legal practice. We've, we've actually had a, 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 been having a number of discussions with our clients about kind of the potential for supply chain disruption and talking through, you know, what do we learn from Russia, right? In terms of sanctions about, uh, in terms of how the public at large responds to something like that how did that impact their, you know, their business, their supply chain, and then think about, you know, sort of what next, right? And doing some tabletop planning um, and contingency planning around like, what about decoupling with China? What happens if China invades Taiwan? What do you, you know, if the world responds in any way similar to the way the world responded to Russia, what does that mean? And um, it's obviously a lot more complicated with China. Um, uh, because the you know the the economic interdependence is so much greater, uh, but it's but it's been prompting some really interesting discussions, and it's it's been a great opportunity for me to you know sort of um, expand the scope of my practice a little bit to be you know doing more of the strategic advisory um, work that I, I I really enjoy doing. We've had some we've had some great discussions. So that that's been a that was a great class and a lot of learning and um, uh, it feels very current and very important to the you know to the moment we're living in right now. What about some of the more nuts and bolts curriculum that I don't want to say you've been slogging through, but perhaps you um thought you might be slogging through a little bit more than you actually are. Yeah. So, so beyond the, like, you know, the, the stuff that applies to my humanities and social sciences brain, like, like the global rules of the game, we, we've had um, a couple kind of core, more biz, core business courses. So we had um, strategy, which we've completed accounting, which we've completed and we're halfway through a course called um, technology and operations management. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed them. I mean, this has really been, these, these have all been courses where, um, you know, these are, this sort of fits into that gap filling category for me, right? Like I'm, um, there's stuff I need to learn and I want to learn to, to, to do what I'm trying to do more effectively. Um, so strategy, I loved, um, really good professor, um, you know, sort of my excuse to read a bunch of Harvard business review articles, by, you know, some of the gurus like Michael Porter and other people like that. Um, really interesting stuff. Really, I really appreciated the, the structure around strategic thinking and the different kind of frameworks um, that, that, that we, um, we learned and, and deployed. I, I think one of my big takeaways on strategy that, that um, I thought was interesting, maybe it's obvious to everybody else, but, you know, one of, one of my professors, um, uh, key concepts was um, something he called equifinality, I think is what he called it, equifinality. And his point was, you know, there's no like one magic strategic bullet. There are probably 
two or three strategic um, options that are all pretty much equally good. And, you know, there's, it's not a, it's not a, a function of picking the perfect strategy. It's picking a good enough strategy and then executing on it, which to me was, um, was pretty insightful. So that was great. I, I did a, um, my, for my assessment, I actually did a full strategic analysis of one of my clients and, and their business. And I was able to, to, to share that with them. And I think it was a, a pretty, va- it was a great exercise for me. I think it was a valuable exercise for them. So that was, that was, that was a pretty cool class. Um, accounting and operations management are really a lot more nuts, <laughs> nuts and bolts. Um, but, but good. I mean, accounting, um, I was nervous about, I thought we were going to be, you know, you'll recall my, my anxiety around my statistics analytics course at the front end. I thought we were going to be in the same spot with, um, accounting. It, it actually was, um, better. Uh, I, I guess, um, you know, you're, and you're in the same place time with, with your practice, right? There's a lot of a kind of accounting adjacent work that we do. And I was a little surprised by how much of this stuff I, I actually did know and dealt with in, you know, in investigations and enforcement defense. Um, that was, so it was, it was interesting. And our, our professor was really good. He kept it, you know, at a very high level, um, you know, interesting kind of big picture sort of C-suite level analysis, not, not, you know, overly, um, overly granular. So that was, that was, um, that was a good course. And, um, I'm about to have my, uh, my assessment, which is my, which is going to be an exam that I have to take next week in accounting. So, um, I need to start, I need to start reviewing, <laughs> reviewing my notes and getting ready for it, but, um, that was good. And then op, like I said, operations management, we're about halfway through. Um, this is, this tends to be more manufacturing oriented, you know, it's lean, Six Sigma, you know, the agile method for software development. There there are these methods and frameworks for, um, you know, basically doing something more efficiently, you know, know, running your business, operating your business more efficiently. Um, I am seeing opportunities to apply these concepts in the legal industry. It's not something we're particularly good at. But um, but I'm 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 seeing application and I'm seeing you know a potential to do to to apply some of this stuff. I like one of the things I'm working on um, right now is is trying to process map our internal investigation and like our pro- and and really sort of work through how do we conduct an internal investigation for a client where you know where do we where are their inefficiencies where is their waste where is their re- repetition um and so that's kind of fun I, I i think there's i think there's some interesting applications there and some stuff i hadn't really thought about before so yeah so that's where we are um finances next um next session finance and, and finishing operations management and then we move into our um pretty heavily into electives which which also should be pretty interesting we can we can pick and choose um, a bit more going forward. So, uh, any fun stuff uh, since our last uh, visit? Yeah. So we we actually had um, you you may remember um, this Tom for, from your Oxford experiences, but matriculation is a really big deal at at Oxford, and matriculation is sort of the ceremony that you know brings you into the university and gives you the like 
whatever, rights and privileges of an Oxford University student. Um, we did it in September by Zoom, um, which was um, not exactly the full experience. So um, we actually, at our last module, had in-person matriculation, uh, which was really fun. We, we had almost our whole cohort, cohort was there kind of for the first time for this ceremony. And we, um, we had it at the Divinity School, which is, I think, the oldest university building in Oxford. Um, really dramatic and really um, impressive place. And we all got dressed up in our sub-fusk with our robes and our caps and um, white tie and, uh, and were officially and in-person initiated into Oxford through you know, a Latin ceremony and uh, a very nice dinner. So it was really fun. It was a, it was a, it was a, a cool, you know, very Oxonian um, experience. So what do you have uh, coming up um, over the summer, David? So two more sessions this summer, one in June and then another one in August. Um, and then, you know, and, and, like I said, we're doing end of operations management and doing finance. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping, hoping, um, hoping to have some kind of downtime. I'm, I've got a lot of people I'm trying to meet with, trying to connect with some faculty, trying to connect with um, some people in my college and, you know, kind of back to my first point, you know, really tr taking advantage of the full, you know, the full Oxford resources. So I'm excited about that. Well, I look forward to uh, catching up with you in Q3 for another visit. Sounds great. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Yank in Compliance. We're going to continue our following of David Simon as he matriculates his way through the Oxford MBA professional program. Please check us out on our next episode, which will be towards the end of Q3. I've got a couple of new limited podcast series on the Compliance Podcast Network I'd like to tell you about. The first is Ulysses at 100, Lessons for the Modern Compliance Professional. In this podcast series, I take a look at James Joyce's work, Ulysses, and its intersection with the 21st century compliance professional. The second podcast series is entitled Never the Same, and it's a five-part exploration with Exeger CEO Brandon Daniels on how the business world has changed literally forever after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I know you will enjoy this podcast series, and more importantly, uh, it will educate you in how you can help to prepare your compliance program, and more importantly, your organization for how business has changed and what you will need to do to be competitive in 2025, 2030, and beyond. Both Never the Same and Ulysses at 100 are special productions of the Compliance Podcast Network.